Well, I, I get to hang around with youth and uh, children enough that, that I know I'll, I'll need to clarify this pretty well. Now, I told you last week that that was the end of the series and that we would be starting a new series this week. But as we went along, I was at an evangelism conference uh, this, this week. Jay was there. And um, uh, it, it was like the Lord was saying, Larry, you, you kind of left it undone. Um, you, you, need, you need one more message in there. So, so anytime I know, because I deal with, with kids and, and with students enough, that, that even when I'm mistaken, they'll say, you lied. No, I was wrong. So God changed my plans, is what I would say. So uh, it, it's almost like uh, one more thing. <laughs> And so I, I want to, uh, th- this will end the series, Lord willing, um, uh, today, and Lord willing, we'll start a new series uh, next week, but, but I, I just really felt impressed to, 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 to share this message uh, with you today. We've been talking about um, improving your serve, and, and so in improving your serve really uh, we, we talked about several things, and I didn't put them in my notes, so I'm going to have to rely on the screen up there. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of people you don't want mad at you. It's the video guy and the sound person, so um, so thanks. So so a- as we began, we, we really talked about, you're going to have to hit the next one there for me. Help me out, man. <laughs> um, that, that you have to be others-minded. If we want to improve our serve, you have to be others-minded. And, and, and really kind of the, the, the sermon in a sentence there was, when it comes to serving, it's not the what, but the who. And, and we need to realize three things. One is, it's not about... You're going to have to put that up there. For, is it there? You're not here for you, thanks. I don't have them in my notes, and that was more than a day ago. So you're not here for you. You don't belong to you, and you don't serve you. And, and so in, in order for us really to, to, to improve the way that we serve, we have to realize that we, are other, we need to be others-minded. It's really not about us. And then the second thing we talked about uh, was that we have to be ministry-focused. He, 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 he realizes now I need those, so... You have to be ministry-focused, and, and, and in ministry-focused, what we really talked about was serving isn't about getting, it's about giving. And I know that's hard because the society we live in, the culture we live in, says that we get, we get, and, and, and we move into that. And, and we, we even teach our kids that without, without knowing, you know, that, that we, we get, we, we go to a church, and, and I know, uh, because we've been there, and, and you say, what programs do you have? Now, now, on the one hand, it, that, that's an important thing to know, but, but we need to make sure that our mindset is that serving isn't about getting, serving is about giving. And then we talked about um, what, what ministry does for us, that it edifies, it unifies, and it solidifies. And the, the edifies, it builds us up, unifies, it brings us together when we serve together, and then solidifies, it really helps us mature in the face that Faith that helps us to be solid in the faith. So we, we need to be others-minded. We need to be ministry-focused. And then we talked about we need to be gospel-oriented. I'm sorry. Did I skip one? All right, Christ-centered. That's right, gospel-oriented comes out. That's why I have notes that I didn't put in mind. And, and, and Christ-centered, we talked about that we serve because of what Jesus has done for us. That, 
that out of gratitude for what he did, that, that we serve. It's not to gain it, but it's because he gave it. And so we need to remember he saved us from our sin, he brought us from death to life, and he made us right with God. Is that the last one? Okay, so there's one that I didn't put in there. It was gospel-oriented, but we need to be gospel-oriented. It's all about the gospel, that, that that's the goal, is for people to come to faith in Christ. So today, uh, to, to end this series, maybe, um, we're going to talk about improving your serve. We need to remember that we're heaven-bound. Now, now, don't get too excited. Um, it's like that joke. I think you just told it uh, just last week, or someone did just a couple of weeks ago. There's a guy who... Uh, goes on vacation with his wife, and he got there a little bit early. He's a pastor, and and um, he sends an email, but he 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 like messes up the email address by one, and and unfortunately it went to someone who just lost her husband, and so he says, "Hey, honey, just want to let you know, um, uh, it's really nice here. It's hotter than I expected, and they're they're waiting for your arrival tomorrow." <laughs> Uh, I didn't tell the whole story. Jim tells that better. You ask him, he'll tell the... We're heaven-bound, but don't get worried. Um, I don't know something you don't. Your doctor didn't call me. Um, but but we, we need to realize that, that our, our position in this world, that we are heaven-bound, and we forget that. I know, I know, I know, because things of this world just seem to um, um, just, just encompass us, just, just kind of overwhelm us and before we know we're caught up so much because we have to we have to eat um, at least periodically uh, we, we have to have a place to live it's nice to have clothes to wear you know we, we we have to move and function in this world that he's called us we we have to vote you know you don't have to but you should if uh, if you're legally able to there, there are things in this world that we we need to do and we have to do and sometimes we forget we forget a few things so, so let, me, let me remind you of a few things this morning as we talk about being that, that we're heaven-bound and we need to have that mindset. The first one is this. This soul was created for eternity. Did you know that? Um, I, I, you're gonna, that sounds a little funny the way I said it. Uh, your soul, our souls, were created for eternity. Now, now the, the verse that I want us to look at is Genesis chapter 1. It's when God creates Adam and Eve. He says this. It really talks about us being in the image of God. He says in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over all the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, we're created in God's image, and that means a lot of things for us. But one of the things that it means is we were created for eternity. Now, mind you, we were created. We're in God's image. We're not exactly like God, but we're in the image of God. God is eternal. We were created for eternity. Have you thought about that? That, that, that when, when we die, that, that's not the end. In fact, we're going to see that really, this this isn't even this is not a even a dot on the radar of eternity. This life that we call, and somehow we we forget that. Somehow we forget that we are created for eternity. That we're not created for this temporal world. We live in it right now, but that 
excuse me, we are created for an eternal world. Now, that should change our perspective. I know, I, I have fun. Um, you, you talk to somebody who's five years old, and, and they find a toy that they want, and you tell them they have to wait a year for that. Well, you've just told them that you're gonna have, they're going to have to wait for 20% of their life to get this toy. That's forever. I'm talking to some seniors in high school, and they think that like three months is forever. You know, they can't wait to leave. And, and then you talk to somebody who's my age or older in, in a year, you're like, I, I barely have time to get ready for that toy, you know. Um, the wait time moves for me right now. Uh, it's, it's crazy. But we were created for eternity. We need to have an eternal perspective with things. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you've heard this probably. Um, I'm not saying that we become so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we need to remember we were created for eternity. This soul was created for eternity. The second thing that we need to remember is that this world is not our home. Any of you ever feel out of place in this world? You should, now, not, not in the context of the church. You should feel at home here. But in the world, you should feel out of place. It should feel like something's wrong, because there is. The verse that, that I'm, I'm talking about here is in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Here's, here's what we need to remember is that we are citizens of heaven. We are aliens and strangers here. Now, we're close enough to Roswell. I should probably clarify that. We are not from here, and we are not for here. This world is not our home. Hebrews 13, 14, the writer says, For we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Nothing here is going to last. I, I, this, this may be mind-blowing for some of you, so, so, so buckle up. Are you ready? You are not going to be a citizen of the United States when we get to heaven. I, just in case that didn't blow your mind, let me tell you this. We won't say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States when we get to heaven. Now, now, we will pledge allegiance to the Savior of our soul. We will be citizens. We're going to be citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This world is not our home. Peter says in 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, that's aliens and strangers in some of the translations, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. And then Jesus, we alluded to this in, in Sunday school this morning. Jesus, as he prayed the high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Why? Because they're not of this world, he says. Just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. And then he says again in verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. This is not our home. It's not. And, and if you're like me, 
when, when we watch on TV these school shootings, and I just saw a little blurb this morning, you, you can't open up a web browser anymore without getting the news, hardly, uh, a little blurb this morning that, that, uh, that, that the guy intended to kill 150 or so. He didn't get that far. When you see stuff like that, when you realize that, that this world's wrecked with strife and division and war and rumors of war and disease and old age, you know, um, my, my knees don't work like they ought to. And, and we realize relationally that there's brokenness in this world. It's a comfort to me to remember this is not my home. Now, we need to address those things while we're here. God's put us here for a reason. We address those. But listen, this is not our home. And I think we forget that. I think, I think as believers sometimes in the church, especially that sometimes we're just a little too comfy in this world, and we shouldn't be. And then the last thing that I, I want to remind you of this morning is this life is not the goal now, that, that might sound weird, but I tell you, we live like it is. In, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, Paul says, If you then have been raised up with Christ, by the way, this isn't a conditional statement, it's assuming that it's true, you have been. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on, on the earth. We need to live this life with eternity in mind. This life is not the goal. And we need, to, we need to stop living like this life is what it's all about. Now, I know, I know we have, to, we have to work and move and function in this world while we're here. But this is not the end. This is not the goal. This is not what it's about. Parents, grandparents, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. We need to stop preparing our children and grandchildren for this life. For some people, I've talked, I get to talk to parents a lot. And, 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 and if you were to ask them, what is, your, what is your purpose as a parent? Many of them will say, my purpose in raising my children or raising my grandchildren or helping my children raise my grandchildren, whatever situation you find yourself in, some of you are still raising your 30-year-old children. God bless you. Um, your goal is not to prepare them for this life. And you're saying, I shouldn't teach them how to balance a checkbook? Well, you better. I shouldn't teach them about debt? You better. I, I, I shouldn't teach them how to, how to work and move and function in this life? You better. But listen, that's not your purpose. Your purpose isn't to prepare them for this life. Your purpose is to prepare them for the next and, and, and the only way we can do that is if we live with eternity in mind. When we live in this world with eternity in mind. And listen, I believe that when we do that, that that's going to improve our serve because we realize the time that we have here is short. This is a vapor, Scripture says. It's like the mist in the morning, you get up and, and well, we call them clouds here, but, you know, when, when you get up and, and there's a mist there, and as soon as the sun comes, it burns it off. That's how fast this life is. This is nothing compared to eternity. Now, if you're going through difficult things, you realize this doesn't feel like nothing. This doesn't feel short, but in the eternal words of the theologian Harry Potter, not Harry Potter, Colonel, Colonel Potter, 
Gee whiz. I just m- mashed up Harry Potter right there. So in the, in the eternal words of the great theologian, Colonel Potter, Henry, Henry, Harry, that's the same thing. Henry Potter, this too shall pass. <laughs> but this, this is fleeting. We need to live with eternity in mind. I love Revelation. Uh, any of you guys get, get a little impatient? Anybody in here get a little impatient? That, that happens sometimes. Um, my wife's not here, so I can tell you this, because none of you will tell her, I'm sure. If you want to drive her crazy, tell her you have a surprise for her, and you'll give it to her next week. That'll drive her nuts. One of the biggest fights we've ever gotten in was I was trying to get her to her surprise party. And we had to go home to change to go to this restaurant. I I didn't lie particularly. The restaurant was the setting for the murder mystery we were going to do. And we had to change into period clothing, which was at home. She goes, just tell me where we're going to go eat. Honey, it's a surprise. Well, I don't understand why we have to change clothes. Because it's, it's, this is a special restaurant that we're going to. It's a special place. Well, just tell me where it is. No, and by the time we got home, we weren't talking. <laughs> and I just going, ah. So she fortunately went in first. She didn't want to talk to me on the way in. And opened the door, surprise! Now, nah, you know why we had to come home and change. <laughs> That's not good relationship advice, guys, I'm saying. Just being, being real with you. Anyways, if you're that way, if you tend to get a novel and, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you tend to go to the end of the book. If, if you're that way or you want to know, tell me what the surprise is. I'll still be surprised when you tell me right now. Go to Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. I love this. And he who testifies, that's Jesus. No, I'm sorry. He who testifies um, to these things says, yes, Jesus, surely I am coming soon. And I love John's response. The Apostle John is, is writing this, and, and when, when Jesus says this, surely I am coming soon, John says, amen. Now, that's not a Baptist amen. That's a, that's a believer amen. What it means is, may it be so. Let it be done. And then he says, come, Lord Jesus. Jesus says, John, I'm coming soon. He says, amen, come. I want to close today with three questions. If we get out early, you're welcome. If not, I'm sorry. Let me ask you, are you ready for Jesus' return? Are you ready? Really, there are two parts of that question. Are you ready in your heart, in your soul? There there are sometimes things that seem so hard. And I'm just like, you know, Jesus, if you want to come back right now. Students pray this all the time, right before a test. Jesus, if you want to come back right now. Especially one they didn't study for. Sometimes I, I just I look at the world and things just are tough. I know this isn't my home. And I just, I just say, Jesus, if you're ready. 
If you want to come back right now, that's okay with me. But the other side of the coin makes me hesitant to pray that. Because the other side is, are you doing what he's calling you to do? Are, are you ready? He left us here for a purpose. Are, are you ready? The, the second one is this. How much would it improve your serve if you knew Jesus was coming today? Now, now I'll, I'll confess to you right away. One of my favorite things on Sunday afternoon is a nap. You come knock on my door and I'm going to show up in my jammies. I, let me clarify. Um, that's sweats. I, I, those are my jammies. I'm going to show up in my sweats. Because Sunday afternoon, man, that's nap time. Has been. N- not before I became a Christian. I think it's a, I think it's a biblical thing, you know. <laughs> it's nap time. If I knew Jesus was coming back today, I'd go home and take a nap. Would you? I don't think so. I'd be thinking of all the things that I've intended to do and I haven't done. All the people that I've intended to to share with that I haven't shared with. If you knew Jesus was coming back today, how would it improve your serve? Finally, what would your response be? If Jesus said to you right now, surely I'm coming soon, what would your response be? Would it become, Lord Jesus, amen. (laughs) Would it be, ooh, let me tell my brother. Let me talk to, Jesus, hold on just a minute, let me talk to my sister. Hold on, Jesus, there are some things that I've been, but can can you make it tomorrow, next week? Daughter's going to graduate. Can, can, you, can you make it after May? Never mind, that's stressful. Can you make it April? No. What would your response be if Jesus said, I'm coming soon? I hope our response would be, Come, Lord Jesus. I'm ready. We really want to improve the way that we serve. We need to remember that we're heaven bound. We were created for eternity, not this. This this isn't even our home. And and, and there should be an uneasiness living in this world. You, You get that in Scripture when Jesus said, Lord... Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Just protect them from the evil one. Keep them in the world, but they're not of the world. And, and you kind of see that tension. The same thing with Apostle Paul in Romans 7. You know, when, when, when he says, man, I, I struggle. The very things I want to do, those aren't the things that I do, but the things I don't want to do, those are the things I end up doing. Who will deliver me from this body of death? That, that's, that's the struggle we live in. The Apostle Paul said that. He said, look, it's up to me. I'm ready to go. But for your sake, I pray the Lord carries. Are you ready? Let's pray. God, I, I ask that your Holy Spirit work in our hearts. We, we forget that we're created for much more than this life. 
We were created for eternity. And, and yet we act like that this life matters so much that we put so much attention and so much energy and so much focus on the day-to-day stuff here. Forgive us. God, we forget that this isn't our home. And, and, and because of that, we, we invest in this life as if this were the one that was going to last, and, and, and this is where we belong, and, and yet, Lord, we're just passing through. Help us to remember that. And that we should be uneasy in this world. Because we, we're just here for a short time. And then, Father, I, I pray that, God, you'd, you'd help us to remember that This life isn't what it's all about. As we we raise our kids and our grandkids, God, it's evident that we forget because we want to prepare them for this life. We want to prepare them for the things that they'll encounter here, and yet, God, we need to prepare them for the next. Help us, Father, to live with eternity in mind. We seek the things above, that we seek your kingdom first. And and we know that you're going to take care of the stuff here. You promised you would, and you proved yourself faithful. God, help us to be busy about serving. Because there are eternities in the balance. Help us to be Concerned with serving you here because it has eternal consequences. That it's not just about what happens here. It's about the rest of all time. God, help us to turn loose of the things we need to turn loose to. Help us to grab on to the things of you that we need to grab on to. God, turn our hearts towards you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.